Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, my little uh, um, technical um, goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Viewers, welcome to yet another episode of Radio Hot Lap here on this not quite so sunny but windy Wednesday afternoon. With me, as usual, is my uh, irreverent co host JP. G'day, mate. Got a beer in your hand already? Thank you, Johnny. Yes, I have actually. Um, it's a very nice Nastro Zero that uh, you've rocked up with, and uh, I'm very impressed with it. It is a nice beer, and uh, we've also got a, a guest along with us, uh, Gary Baxter. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, especially with these beers and this food. He, he, he said, look, I don't know about this show, I'm just tucking in. Uh, That's right. Yeah, the, um, we're having a, um, a Nastra Azuro, uh, or is it a Peroni? No, it's not a Peroni. And uh, I can tell you at this very minute, uh, Linda Long will be going, you said we were having a Sashi. And, well, Linda, I'm sorry, but uh, they didn't have any up the road. But uh, we do have uh, one of the other pair of beers that you did say that you had bought this afternoon, so we might let you... Uh, get involved with it a little bit later in the show. <laughs> so, Cheers, well Gary, it's great to have you along here. Um, you've uh, had a, a very good second half of the season in the V8 Ute Series and have come home third in the, in the championship and uh, the top Holden driver. Yeah, I, I think um, they should have two championships and it should be for the first half and the second half and uh, then I would have won the second half. But um, no, it was, uh, it was actually a very good year for us and, um, and to be the top holding team, uh, we're quite proud of. Uh, I sort of felt all year that the, um, um, the Fords had a little bit of an advantage with gearing. Uh, and I think the fact that uh, Fords, Fords won seven of the nine rounds uh, all on the, uh, on the standard sort of circuits and the, the only circuits that uh, Holden had a chance at were the uh, the two with the big long straights being um, Phillip Island, uh, no, sorry, not Phillip Island, uh, Sandown and Eastern Creek. So, um, so I think we, we were a little bit hard done by in, in the tighter circuits. But um, now we, we're, I think, lucky to uh, to squeeze in to have a holding in the top three. We wouldn't want to go at the supercar uh, the supercar boys did and have all Fords in the top three. I don't think that's right. <laughs> no, well, that's going to be an ongoing argument for sure. Oh. Look, I'm sorry, Russ. We did forget to introduce you, Rusty Sauce as well. So she introduced again. herself as yeah, usual. Yeah, she, she did because she said goodbye on cue last time. <laughs> yeah, well, um, wait, we'll, we'll we'll talk a bit more about uh, about the Utes later and and sort of the year in review and and certainly a few other little interesting things you've been getting up to lately. Uh, the Utes might have finished, but you've been sneaking off to drive some interesting things. So uh, definitely interested to hear you tell us about that. So, uh, just uh, the weekend motorsport, I suppose, uh, last weekend on TV, I was uh, you know, sitting back and actually was at the gym and I thought it was just there at the right time. I just couldn't get off the treadmill because there was the Porsche Super Cup and my, uh, my good old mate from Panama's days, Dave, Dave the Crazy Silence, the Crazy Belgium, uh, was, was there and, and having a, a, a really good run and just about was to take out the championship, but then he got, uh, he got punted off in the, last, uh, the third last race and, and with no fault of his own and and then uh, dropped a, dropped an engine, and then got another shunt in the third race, and did a tire. So he really he, he fell Basically right back down. Basically, had a really bad weekend. 
He did. He, did you see it? I saw some of it. I didn't see all of it. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. He, he's a funny bloke because when when I met David uh, at, at at Le Mans and when we did the the 2003 uh, 24 hour race, we were at the hotel and and I just because I knew what the drivers looked like, but I hadn't met him. And I, I'm coming around. Ah, oh, you're David Sands. He goes, Yes, I'm David Sands. And I said, mate, uh, look, there's a, do you know anywhere good to go out to, to eat tonight? And he goes, oh, I don't really know a, a good place to go. But look, ask the girls in there. But I said, but they just speak French. And I know a little bit of French. He said, no, I'll write it down for you. So he wrote down, you know, like, where can we find something good? So I've taken it and given it to the girls. And the girls have gone, <laughs> well, I went, what's all that about? And I said, well, what's it say? He goes, you smell like. <laughs> so, as I came out, so there was sailors running for cover, and it's always been a bit of a laugh since. So every time we've got together, we're either driving down the road, stopping at the lights, and he'll take the keys out of the ignition and disappear off into the distance and leave me sitting at the lights. So he's a bit of a bastard. So anyway, hopefully he'll come back. What do you got to say, Johnny? Um, oh, I just thought it was interesting. There's a lot of coverage about uh, all the teams due to protest. Um, the reverse grid in the suit in the V8s, uh, V8 supercars. Um, certainly a can of worms, and I don't think we've heard the end of it. So uh, we should just watch that one very carefully. Um, whether they'll get their way or not is, you know, is entirely a different matter. But uh, it's, you know, it's fairly strong in terms of the amount of protest. Although not all teams have protested, I understand. So uh, it'd be interesting to see which way that pans out. Well, I can tell you which way it would be. The leading teams would have protested and the ones at the back would think it's a great idea. Well, that's true. But, I mean, uh, there was an interesting quote, I think it was in uh, Motorsport News that I read, um, where they were basically saying that um, this is V8 supercars, not Commodore Cup or, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or some of the more also <laughs> ran categories, where you've got three good teams and, and ten bad ones and you know the, the ten bad ones have got the say and they reckon that uh, you know uh, it, it'll get through they reckon that because there's so many strong uh, teams at the top end that there's a good chance it'll get turned over so I guess we wait and see and there's a quote here saying there's an enormous disparity more than at any point in the championship history between budgets at front and the end and just like you're saying Gary you know they'll uh, they'll um They'd probably prefer you know, like to be up the front because TV tends to follow the front. Well, that's right. I think the the thing is too, if you have a look at the times, there's there's really not a lot between the front and the back. But it's always those couple of tenths, and um, you you could always argue that that someone who's constantly qualifying twentieth could, if he could start from pole, could stay there. You know, especially with the rules, passing rules that they have in yeah. supercars that. It's pretty tight and, and so forth, and there's no biffing at all allowed and so on. So, you know, there's there's no reason why someone starting a, a 20th qualifier starting from pole couldn't finish in the top three and, and finish in top three for the round with a, with a bit of luck. Safety cars would help, but uh, there, at, when you're at Simmons Plains, where you were getting less than a second covering the entire field, and when you've got a circuit which is like running like mid to low 50s, you get a great deal of compression around the track there where pretty much everyone's going to be on top of each other. Well, that's right. In Simmons Plains, there's very little spots where you can pass anyway. If you can the uh, inside line down the back straight, well, no one's going to go around the outside of you there. So this really, um, it, that's another difficult circuit, and that's where it would, would certainly help the, the reverse gridders. Well, the, the readers are out in force in, in all the magazines and no doubt in all the forums this week. Uh, we've uh, done a bit of an upgrade to the website in the last week, so please take a, take a moment to have a look at radiohotlap.com 
um, we've, we've put a section up called Get Involved and if you would like to come on the show or you've got an idea or something, someone you'd like to see or, or, or just... Or you just, just want just, to write in and abuse us. Exactly, you know, or just give us an opinion. Well, we'd be very happy to, uh, to, to, to con- uh, happily consider that. Well, not only will we happily consider it, I mean, if we get obviously a decent, uh, decent bit of feedback, we will refer to it on the show and may even read it, <coughs> excuse me, read it out in its entirety. Can you use any more obvious, isn't it? Uh, obviously not. Right. Yes, I think uh, I think uh, 2006 is, is will be a great year, as it always will be. You know, motorsport always turns on, but uh, a bit of a up in the air about whether it's a, a cost-cutting measure. Do we need cost-cutting, Gary? Well, I don't know. I think uh, obviously um, cutting costs in uh, in motorsport uh, is probably always a good idea, but. Uh, the sort of money that the V8 supercars are spending now in, in the millions, millions and millions is, is just incredible. Um, I think uh, it probably wouldn't hurt. It would certainly even the field out a little bit. And, and uh, people, you know, very good dr- uh, drivers like Jason Richards would have probably risen to the top a bit earlier than what they probably have. You ran into Jason Richards just on the weekend, in fact, uh, over in uh, Avalon. What were you doing there, mate? <coughs> Yeah, yeah, we just uh, ran into uh, ran into Jason and um, Owen Kelly. Well, we we're just having a little bit of a play in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Sandpits, or tell us more. Oh, mud, clay, I think it was. Yeah, it was actually quite black clay by the time we finished. No, we uh, we were very fortunate. Um, myself and Jack Ellsgood from the Utes, and uh, Owen Kelly and Jason Richards from the Supercars, and a couple of other uh, drivers. Uh, we're fortunate enough to have a bit of a taste of a sprint car around Avalon Speedway and uh, absolutely fantastic experience, absolutely priceless. So uh, do they accelerate hard and, and do, they, do they hook up and, and do they feel a bit fragile? Or, yeah, you know, yeah, well I was, I was a little bit disappointed actually getting out of the ute. Um, I thought you know, a 400 kilogram car with 750 horsepower I thought would, would have been quicker than the ute but no, it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. The power to weight is just incredible. Um, it exceeds uh, the power to weight ratio is, is greater than a, a Formula One car, and uh, and really they are the Formula Ones of the dirt. Get the front wheels up coming down the straight. Um, it could have possibly. I don't know. I was flat out just um, not looking at walls and and just trying to look at apexes and and hopefully trying to hit them. And and those walls have come up pretty quick, I reckon. Yeah, you, you come out of the corner and uh, it, and the straight looks fairly fairly uh, long from the exit of the corner, but it, the next corner comes up fairly quickly. So, does it take a different driving technique to drive a sprint car? Which, which I think they're methanol burning engines, or that. Is yeah, that yeah, I think they're running a methanol. Certainly smelt like it, but um, uh, yeah, completely different driving technique. It's it's uh, and just amazing. Like it's it's you feel like you're just sitting in this little go kart that someone's put this rocket engine in and um, and you're going to try and get it around the track a few laps and, and bring it back in one piece hopefully alive but it's um, no, it's certainly uh, absolutely amazing experience What about um, turning right to go left? Is that sort of something that you master fairly quickly or does it take a bit of uh, you know, you're doing the opposite to what your brain wants to do? Yeah I don't know about the turning right to turn left, I was certainly turning left to turn left but um, or turning left to go left, but the, um, uh, the the real trick to them is 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 not shutting off the throttle as you enter the corner because that does make them right, which is which is always um, a, a real hazard because the walls on that side, and um, but 
I, uh, I really, really, really enjoyed myself because um, uh, I, I really listened to what they told me and, and uh, I didn't go with any preconceived ideas and making out that, hey, I'm a racing car driver, I can do anything. I went in there total novice and, and really listened to every little thing, that bit of advice they could give me and, uh, and tried to uh, do that once I got out on the track. And uh, so how did you shape up? I hear you did quite well. Yeah, I, I think um, Owen Kelly and I did very similar lap times. I think we were the quickest, and um, um, Owen was—he—he uh, he certainly looked like he'd been in one before. He was—he was getting the front wheels up down the straight, but um, but he certainly was uh, on the trailing throttle entering the corner. <coughs> he had a couple of a uh, couple of little uh, uh, what we say near misses or incidents or or near incidents. It was um, a little bit scary for the poor chap owning the car. But um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I was very happy with how I went. I was going to get these Japanese beers because, uh, on the account of that, I believe you're a, uh, a black black belt in karate. Well, Is that the rumor? Yeah, well, it's only rumor. That's uh, and it's taekwondo. Oh, taekwondo. <laughs> so, would Japanese beer been appropriate, or should it have been something else? Um, Southern Premier is my favourite, but um, no, that's uh, I don't even know what Korean beer would be, but. Like one of those Korean, but right. um, uh, yeah, no, these Italian beers are, yep. are, are fantastic. Yeah. Well, if anybody can tell us what the Korean beer is that we get in next time we have Gary on the show, we'll be most appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> How did you come to do that? Was it just one of the another thing in in the boxes? One of the boxes you needed a tick in life in the sprint car? You mean? No, the the other taekwondo. Well, I've sort of been doing it since I was. Um, 15 really and uh, on and off for, for all that time and um, um, I haven't I've, I've haven't, haven't uh, done it now for I think a year and a half and uh, just life's just got so busy and, and so forth so um, but it really keeps you fit and and I guess the thing is that real big advantage with uh, knowing a martial art or any sort of um, fighting spar uh, sparring sort of techniques it just gives you a bit of confidence when you, you you know, if someone wants to give you a bit of grief, you can you feel confident that you can argue back. End up end up together on the back of a racetrack, you know, out of the car with someone you're not too happy about, happy with. And yeah, does it, well, that does certainly it sort happens. of teach you the discipline that they. I mean, it's very all that sort of all those martial arts are very disciplined type of sport. Do you think that helps you mentally when you're driving or or anything of that nature? Uh, well, certainly the fitness helps. There's uh, there's uh, an endur for your endurance and so forth and. and and as you know, like when, once you do get tired or exhausted with whatever you're doing, whether it's driving a car or not, um, your concentration also drops off. And, and so I think, uh, I believe it really does help with particularly the concentration, um, particularly on those sort of last laps of a race and so forth. How good is this roast pork? Roast pork is absolutely fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to stop talking so I can have some more. Well, mate, you just walk in because I'm going to tell a little story about it while you have a while you fill your gob up. That's with a it. good idea. I'm but, but you in know, because I, I was thinking to myself this afternoon, uh, uh, rather, and yesterday and last week, and when I'd had this in Guja Street at uh, Barbecue City Restaurant, uh, 84 Guja Street. These are just lovely people, and man, how cheap is this? I think eight dollars oh, or something. We went there, and last, we never have rice. Last Friday, we went. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Thursday, I think. And I just went, and, and Rayle says to me today, why don't you take a plate back for the boys this afternoon? I thought, what a good idea, because we've got to go, it's motorsport, gadgets and barbecues. And, and you were going to do... barbecue pork. Well, that's right. 
So I strongly suggest you um, you go in and uh, talk to talk to Nathan. He's a lovely bloke, and um, you know a bottle of wine and and, um, and, and a plate of food at under twenty five dollars for two. It's really won't uh, that be difficult for the interstate? Well, it's listeners. Not South when they're Australia. over for Pixel five hundred or Classic Adelaide or that's yeah. that's right. You know, look at and and being a person who moved here three years ago, mate, I have to say this is. I, I wouldn't live anywhere else. I think it's got to be the, the, the cheapest and nicest place, you know, around around uh, Australia. And if you want to go around the around the, the cities, you know, at the risk of getting some abuse. I mean, when we start north, you know, Queensland, they're all a bit sun-touched. Melbourne, like, everyone's worrying about what Sydney's thinking. Um, Tasmania, well, it's just, you know, everyone's got the same surname. ACT's all just in the sex industry. Perth is in, Perth is Asia. And, and Darwin, we don't even do weather reports. So Adelaide's got to be it. So There's only one left, isn't it? So, someone, some say a, a city, <laughs> city on the edge of the desert, but uh, well, mate, I think this is pretty nice here in, uh, in Norwood, and you're just around the corner, aren't you, in Dulwich? Yeah, oh, it was. Um, just up Kensington Road now, so yeah. probably awesome. even closer. Yeah. You've got a nice uh, nice looking ute out there. Mm. Yeah, it's our new track school ute. And we uh, we just um, we bought that and built that up to take on the competition with uh, hot laps and so forth. We can... Oh. Um, there's that, there's that trademark again. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> we can't get a dollar every time it gets me. There's an ad running on the radio at the moment for uh, some. You can win a hot lap with somebody. So, so tell us a bit about track skill and uh, and what 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 services you're offering there before you get back into the port. Yeah, well, I was actually just tossing up whether I was going to do that rather than talk to you, but I will talk to you. Um, <laughs> um, we um, yeah, with track skill, it's. Um, Basically, the business was created back in, um, I think, 97, when uh, after I won the Commodore Cup championship in 95 and 96, I sat back and thought that, look, this is, there's a potential here for a business to share that fantastic racing experience with, uh, with all the general public and so forth around Australia. And so we developed a, uh, a course that uh, you can come out to the racetrack and race our, our Commodore Cup cars well, similar to Commodore Cup cars, they're obviously a little bit different these days with the horsepower and so forth, but uh, still the same power, power braking and grip ratio that you would have, and um, and still safe to drive if Grandma wants to come out or whatever else. They're not going to just uh, spear off at the end of the straight at 300 kilometres an hour and go into a wall. Anyway, we do have a, a race driver that sits in the passenger side, teaches you all your lines and your braking positions and oversteer and understeer and, and all that sort of thing. And we spend the morning doing that. And uh, then we put on a beautiful cooked lunch, a banquet lunch. Um, uh, that's the wrong word. Smorgasbord True lunch. South Australian hospitality. Absolutely, absolutely. Get the Malala um, Resort. And um, <laughs> and uh, we uh, then in the afternoon we actually have a qualifying session where everyone has to drive the cars for four laps as fast as they can, and we time we time their laps. And we work out which cars are the fastest cars because all the cars are in teams. They're in teams of four, and um, we so during the and, and after that we have uh, we have two races. So each team has to race against the other teams, and we we handicap them so that it's fair for everyone. So the the slowest car will go first, and the fastest car last. And in theory, we should have all the cars come around the last corner side by side. In now that theory. actually did happen once. That did happen, and um, it's sort of the reverse grid mentality. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, sort of. 
That's right. <laughs> Without the panel damage. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and varying skill levels. But let me tell you about this um, yes. this particular race we had, where we did have four cars coming around the last corner side by side, which was really good. Um, except for the fact I was actually on the chequered flag that day watching them all come around the corner and there was three sets of headlights and one set of taillights coming around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that's, that's all pretty good as well, except that I own the cars. But the, uh, the instructor that was in that particular car that day did a fantastic job reversing it all the way around the corner and, and uh, there was no panel damage at all. But um, we do have a fantastic fun. There's trophies, trophies for all the all the winners and uh, first, second, and third, and uh, um, and we've we really have ruined a lot of lives. Oh, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> we have because a lot of them have gone on to race cars and yeah, and, that was uh, my next question. And now, well, Todd, have you do that? I just wanted to say, I mean, Gary's here, something like yeah. that. Um, you, now that's not just limited to uh, glorious Malala anymore, is it? You're you're interstate as well. Yeah, we do it in Perth and. Um, at Barbagello and uh, at Oran Park in Sydney. Oh, so, so for all you interstate uh, viewers, then we, you've got Sydney and Perth as well as an option. Yeah, and what we do in Melbourne is we subsidise their airfare to Adelaide. Oh. And we will, for an extra $100, we will fly them to Adelaide and back, and we'll pick them up from the airport and cater oh, for them the whole day, drop them back at the airport and, and fly them home for an extra $100. So, so we cater for our Victorian friends as well. It does look like a very good deal, and I had a look at the website, uh, trackskill.com.au, the other day, and I thought the pricing was very, very effective. You'd be inundated, I think. What was it, uh, $6.95, $5.95? It's $6.95 for the Victorians and $5.95 for uh, everyone else. And, um, uh, you know, which when you look at racing, when we're supplying your race suits, your helmets, uh, a professional driver to sit next to you, the cars, the petrol, the tyres, lunch, the racetrack... The whole bit for the price of really one tyre for my ute. <laughs> yeah. It's um, that puts it in perspective. It's uh, you know it's a it's a pretty cheap day. Um, it's a lot of money, you know, when you sit back at it and you and you're trying to balance your budget and pay the electricity bill and that sort of stuff. It is a lot of money, but if you do, if you are thinking about getting into racing and so forth, if you um, if you want to just pay out the 5.95 where you can really come and get a taste and find out whether whether it really is what's you know whether you've got what it takes because the right time of year now that could be a good christmas present for somebody who's totally lost as to what to buy the other half absolutely like log on to trackskill.com.au and have a look at it i was i was pretty impressed i I suppose my next question would be um if you do of course can that be um can you actually get a cams license from it um we're actually just uh, working on that at the moment but no because our course is is set up for entertainment. It is to take you out there and to give you the taste of being a racing car driver. Not to get your cams license, you have to you you have to practice stopping in the pits and understanding flags. And it's actually when you do the practical side of your cams license, it's actually very boring. And you just do it because you have to to get your license. Our day is not about that at all. It's about uh, coming there with uh, quite little experience about racing cars and driving home thinking, well, hey, I've got a trophy in my hand and uh, I now know what it feels like to be Mark Scaife. I remember uh, many, many years ago, I think uh, 84, 83 or 84, when I got my CAMS licence and I did it at Oran Park and uh, grew it up next to uh, Glenn Seaton in his father's uh, old Capri. 
and uh, he had the full race car and I had a, a crappy old little RX2 coupe or something like that but they were sitting on slicks and I had like like radials <laughs> cross and stuff, cross <laughs> yeah. and, and got the jump and like was into the first corner and, and then you know the, the, the cars on the slicks sort of got past me at the end the, the stewards pulled me aside and said look we're not really in the habit of giving people uh people race licenses that come to the track with a road car like that but if you can get that little shit around the track you deserve one so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, just, yeah, I did <laughs> i just didn't keep it but i suppose you know i, I for one is uh, now wanting to get my my license back and uh, i suppose and i haven't been doing any any racing for a while it's probably be a good thing to come along and do a, a track skill day just to familiarize yourself with tracks and race cars before you do your practical yeah, absolutely, and and particularly in Sydney, I don't think we've done a day where where a race driver from some category hasn't come along and, and had a play. Oh, really? Yeah, and and because the more experienced people I'll put with me, and um, and we'll concentrate on on a little bit more advanced stuff, um, and and uh, you know, and really can and sometimes really knock a lot of time off their off their um, their race laps that they may be doing in their category. It's just interesting to hear other people's points of view about about um, you know going through a corner and weight transfer and all that sort of stuff. So, have uh, any pupils gone on to big and better things? Well, um, let me just think of a few. Other of them. than yourself, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, oh, look, there's no pork left. <laughs> <laughs> no, none left for you. Yeah, you can carry. We'll just. Eat. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to make this really quick, or I'm not going to get any more. But um, uh, well, we've got. Uh, um, if I had a little bit more time to answer that question, I could probably go through that. But we've certainly had significant HQ drivers um, come through, and probably almost 50% of the the drivers that are driving HQs in Adelaide at the moment have probably come through our course at some stage. We have Craig Dantas, uh, GTP racer in the oh, yeah. 300 kilowatt uh, Commodore. He he started with us, and um, he's actually now one of our instructors. Um, and uh, yeah, once again, uh, there's Lotus drivers. There's um, um, oh, just I wish. Well, Marcus Kanovic oh, yeah. started with me. Is that right? Yeah, Marcus did. Well, yep. There you go. I taught, that. taught Marcus how to drive. Is that on his CV? You'll be listening now, Knackers, won't you? Uh, is that on his CV? Taught to drive <laughs> well, by Gary Baxter. Well, don't start skill? me about CVs, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Don't oh, worry, right. going. No, but that's uh, that, and it's just that there is quite a few. I just can't um, I just can't put my finger on them all at the moment. But uh, certainly, quite a few have come through and, and gone on. And as I said, you know, it's 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 a real um, adrenaline absorbing uh, experience and. Um, um, it, yeah, it's just it's just fantastic, and, and people just go away just wanting more. You know, it's, uh, now you I... said earlier on about like little old ladies and whatnot. What, do you get a decent percentage of females doing the doing the course? Yeah, yeah. Any good lookers. <laughs> I'm not interested in lookers. I'm interested in percentage. Oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. know you are. Gee. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, to the good lookers, and we'll leave that at that one, I guess. But um, uh, with the girls, we we probably get. Um, 15% at a rough guess are girls or women, especially corporate days and, and right. so forth. And um, uh, the girls in a lot of a lot of cases are actually better to, to teach. Um, they listen, they don't come with any preconceived ideas that they already are racing car drivers and, and so you can you can start off them start off with them going quite slowly and, and you can build them up to a good um, 
a, a good speed. The only time you don't want a girl in the car is when something goes wrong. Um, <laughs> With her hair. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they steal the mirror off you and want to do the makeup. But um, if the if the car gets into a bit of a slide, they tend to freeze. Right. That's yeah. that's probably the thing. So so when you have got girls, you really need to. Um, do everything a little bit differently whereas with a bloke if the car starts to get a bit sideways he'll fight it he'll end up spinning anyway but with the girls the car will go sideways and and they'll they'll the hand yeah the hands come off the wheel and they <laughs> scream and 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 they're sitting there on the track facing the other way and they just sit there going how many times did we spin well we only went around 180 degrees. We're just facing the wrong way. That's all. It's uh, <laughs> and if you don't hurry up, we're going to lose this race. But um, no, the, the girls are actually quite good. I really enjoy having them part of it. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear there's such a high percentage. Actually, I'm quite surprised. We might have to take a bit of a, uh, a shifty. Go I out for a bit of a shifty. I think we should. Could we'll be a big what? shebang. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> All right, Gary. You'll give you. Uh, you're on pork duty now. Yeah, that's it. You can go beautiful. Are you left talk me some techie stuff, or oh, no? Well, we will, but mate, I but not yet. It just, I just have to say that Big Kev's cleaned his last bathroom. That was my line. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I rewind it. Yeah, you take over. Ah, well, no, that's all right. I don't mind. You can steal my line. Yeah, Big Kev has. He's finally put down the cleaning products and gone to the big bathroom in the sky. But uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. I mean, the last last time I saw Big Kev. I think was the uh, Clipsal 500 before last, and um, funnily enough, he was having a beer in the Havelock. Was that what? With Mike Drew? That's right. No, just, I don't know who else was there. Oh, actually, Alan Jones was there, but he uh, hates punters. Yeah, he does, and that was actually where that expression came from. I thought <laughs> you were a punter. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not sure of the business ins and outs and everything else, but certainly. Uh, he had an impact, and uh, he was excited, and uh, we were all excited there for a while. But there big, you go. Big Kev uh, rose to rose to f- so, sort of national fame through the Good Morning Australia that Bert Newton had uh, with um, had his cleaning products, and his catch cry oh, "I'm excited" was uh, became part of Australian folklore. Really, I think it um, it was one of those interesting things. Then he got involved in the supercars with, with Paul Morris in the Big Kev racer. And I will never forget ever that I was standing right there at right in front of the control tower at Oran Park when that massive start line shunt occurred a few years oh, ago, yes. where I think it was Larkham and uh, and into the back of the the, the well, big cab car yeah. and it turned up in flames. And it was late in the afternoon, and from from the the, the, the control tower looking out, you're looking west, so the sun was there and you could not see the flames between the sun and you could just feel this wall of heat come up and then and and um and and paul morris was uh, lucky to get out of that mm. he was indeed that was, was that was huge one of the most spectacular accidents in recent times i reckon in v8 supercars i remember kev a big kev had his uh the the customary flowery shirt on. yeah always the customary <laughs> flowery shirt on but he uh, you know it's a bit of a paul morris thing as well isn't it with the hat and he used to drive around with a little uh the the, the little what do you call those things that, that tow the, like the airport? Uh, airports use them a little to sort of golf, oh yeah, like a golf thing. Yeah, it? but they would tow planes out. They're a bit more industrial stuff. And he had the steering wheel made of chain. <laughs> he was like Is the full, right? he was the full pimp. <laughs> yeah, well, they, well, I don't think we'll go there. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> anyway, so there you go. farewell, Big Kev. Yeah, farewell, Big Kev. Thanks for your sponsorship while it was there and uh, bringing a bit of excitement to the V8 supercars. Okay, JP, it's tech time. Oh, it is tech time now. Okay, well, the most important story, of course, since our listeners are uh, viewers, I should say, really. But we'll call them listeners for the sake of this article. Next week there'll be viewers because we're going to do a high definition uh, setup just for our Christmas edition. We'll be go. heavily disguised, but we will be doing a video podcast next week. Viewers, you, you heard it first here. And uh, next week you can all be listeners because you'll be able to view us. So we'll just turn it around. And that uh, lovely Sony equipment will be provided uh, very uh, kindly by Kim Rogers from AV Central, who will be coming over to, to set it up. Uh, won't be able to stay because he's got to go and get pissed somewhere else. Who <laughs> was here last week on the Kim show? Kim, who was a guest on last week's show. But back to the uh, back to the tech stuff. Um, the word of the year, the word of the year honour has gone to the word podcast. Is that which right? Is what you're listening to now. One of the hottest terms in technology is 2005's Word of the Year, according to the editors of the new Oxford American Dictionary. It's been put in the dictionary? It, it's going to be put in the new edition that goes online in 2006, the next online update in uh, 2006, and podcast was considered for inclusion last year, but we found that not enough people were using it, or were even familiar with the concept. Somebody or the other said in a statement, but this year it's completely different. The word has finally caught up with the rest of the iPod phenomenon. So, uh, viewers, you're listening to a podcast and uh, you're listening to the word of the year. Gary, do you listen to podcasts? Um, <clears throat> yeah, actually, uh, to be honest with you, today's the first time I've ever heard the word, but uh, the term. But, um, uh, the term came about, and it was very clever marketing by Steve uh, Jobs, the, uh, the, boss and the, the boss of Apple and Pixar, in that he went... Well, how do I expand? You're going to get bitten by a nasty mozzie there. Uh, you just have to, uh, Gary already told me that they love him. So, that's good. so I won't get bitten this week. It's all down to Gary. As long as he doesn't get the pork. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just hooking. Um, that's, that's, yeah, Steve Jobs was very clever to be able to basically cast the word podcast because it was um, basically an audio show or, or anything audio which was being delivered on your iPod or, um, you know, to it. It's and, you know, at the end of the day, the, it's just a music player. It's just a hard disc with a battery in it, you know. So it's not, you know, it's not like a, a non-iPod can't play a podcast. And, and Microsoft don't, don't want to call it podcast, of no. course, because that gives a bit of credence back to, back to, the, uh, to the, uh, the arch enemy in Cupertino. But uh, the definition as described by the New Oxford American Dictionary is... A digital recording of a radio broadcast or similar program made available on the internet for downloading to a personal audio player. There you go. And we prefer so, iPods. And we do prefer iPods. So there we go. That it could. <coughs> well, you're a real Apple family, really. You're just looking at all the equipment you have here. As we've said before, Gary, that we might only have a for four or five percent uh, market share, but it's the four or five percent that create the content the other ninety-five percent look at <laughs> and listen to. And sorry, Ashley. <laughs> we have a uh, we have another sort of a, a, a irregular co-host. Rust, do you mind? Uh, irregular co-host that um, has become a little bit uh, overly self-righteous about uh, or be an anti-Mac. So we've had to exclude him for a while. Would you, do you mind? 
Rust Dark now, Alphabet. While we're on the techie stuff, mm. um, the last thing that I wanted to mention was uh, Macromedia and uh, Adobe. Finally, this week, Adobe announced that uh, the takeover of Macromedia, which had to be okayed by the US Securities Commission and um, all of their shareholders, etc., etc., has been approved and been put to bed. And uh, which was quite interesting because they announced that all that was finalised on Monday and yesterday uh, we were already seeing uh, bundles arrive on their uh, online stores and on their websites where you can buy um, the Adobe Creative Premium and Media Studio 8 as one complete bundle. So um, I think it's, uh, it's going to be interesting in the next probably six months when they finally start to integrate those products truly together. So uh, we're obviously going to have to see some rationalisation of the Macromedia and Adobe product line. I can't imagine that GoLive and Dreamweaver is, uh, is going to be able to uh, coexist together. Oh, Raul's uh, turned up for a bite of pork. I know he's a bit of a fan, mate. Have, have, have a bite. Have a bite, Raul, because you're on next, I think. You've got some, some oh, techie to talk about, too. Well, he's got a few clues but, about uh, what's going on. I mean, wait, yeah, I mean, we, we, I would... I would suggest that uh, Adobe Go Live will die and Dreamweaver will take over, and I would suggest probably too that uh, Macromedia Freehand will die and Illustrator will take over. But you know, who knows? That they, they'll obviously be integrating the best bits from each one into the other one that they're lacking currently. Um, yeah, beyond that, who knows? We've been working in uh, rail, and I've been working here most of the time with uh, a, 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 a interesting um, products here and Dreamweaver and, and stuff like that. Uh, all illegal versions, naturally. But uh, I thought you'd got legal. You told no, me you of were course we've got legal. Yeah, you did. We've been playing around with with all sorts of things, and um, we're starting to get more involved with with, with Flash technology. And, and Flash has just released a, a new uh, a version 8.5 for the PC. It's it's pretty cool, Rail. Yeah, Flash Player has released 8.5. They haven't released it. It's still in a beta process. Uh, but they have introduced this new technology called Flex. Flex is an integrated development environment which associates Flash with development. Uh, so you can hard code any programming language stuff on Flex and then you can Flash to visualize the GUI. So you make rich user interfaces for web and with the programming ability you have with most of the programming tools like Microsoft and Fortnite. Fantastic. So, now, yeah. Flash was obviously a, a very powerful tool, and people were using the uh, the uh, the Action Script language that was bundled with it. Does Flex take Action Script and extensibility of the product to a new level? Yeah, uh, Flex Flex will also introduce Action Script 3.0, which is a really cool thing uh, because it supports the standardized scripting language format internationally. So anyone who knows that standard can code any script on it. That's the ECMA standard. Yeah, ECMA script standard. And uh, ActionScript is just a part of Flex. Basically, Flex is based on uh, XML technologies. So it integrates Web 2.0 technologies with development features. So yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. Like if you want to do some really nice stuff with RSS feed, podcast, and XML add-in, anything, you can just use Flex and integrate it to your site. And that's fantastic because we're just seeing so many more websites now that are all Flash-based. I mean, the first thing that the, the you, know, you log onto a site, first thing it says is checking whether you've got Flash installed or not. And if not, yeah. if you've got the latest version, woof, off to the site. So no, that sounds great. 
Well, we've got a uh, challenge coming up, Royal, haven't we, that we need to build a, a new something funky V8 Ute site for 2006. Uh, where could we fit the flex technology into something like that? Uh, we can integrate in audio interviews, interviews, galleries, and all this kind of stuff. Like, we can just make the site, we can give the site total new look using Flex. And, yeah, let's see how it goes. So uh, sounds like Rail's on a mission. He uh, is on a mission. He's, he's got a few things to think about. Don't want to really reveal any stuff right now. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Incoming calls. Incoming calls. Fixed. You can get that, mate. Maybe after the pork as well. That's right. They're ringing up. Can you bring some pork? Any home? other any other interesting things going on in the world of uh, Web 2.0 technologies, Rail? Yeah, a lot of, but still under development. Like, uh, what can you tell us about? You know, like we don't wanna... the latest technology. I was looking at Ruby on Rails and Ajax and this Flex. They're pretty amazing. Like, Ajax has changed. Uh, most of the stuff on internet we see, like just refresh a part of a page rather than the whole page, saving a lot of time. So, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. But let's see how it goes from here. Wait, you, wait, sure you, about well, it. you work hard while I go to uh, to, to Sweden for a ski with Simonson, all right? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. You keep working on that new V8 Ute site for next year while he's skiing, drinking beer, and working on Ute site. Yeah, that's good idea. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, Thanks, Ryle. Yeah, but have, a, have some more pork. Don't let Gary in at all. Enough of it. <laughs> I, um, uh, the only other thing that I saw, which was a bit interesting techie, um, was uh, was that Apple released a new broadband uh, ADSL tuner. Um, specifically for ADSL 2 or It, it is. Uh, rather, it's for it's for fibre networks, isn't it, Ray? Fibre optics. Yeah, you... Uh, the new telephone exchanges are implementing fiber optics all over, so the broadband you will get now it will be on fiber optics. So it works with the speed of light, so you can imagine how fast the internet would be. Right, and so how fast the processors have got to be. So I believe that the part of this tune-up is uh, that it'll accept send and receive bigger packets, and uh, you can download, you know. Uh, stuff in bigger chunks let's yeah, say. There, yeah. Uh, there was a uh, rumor on some web blog about Intel release some new plans for their next generation processors and yeah like the talks in teraflops now rather than gigahertz Ooh. so okay yeah it's pretty amazing that sounds fantastic thank Where you Rayo well, back thank to the computer Rayo. screen keep coding mate <laughs> no you can stay out here with us <laughs> grab yourself another beer what are you having to drink anyway what sort of beer are you having uh, Corona Corona, go Linda. I, uh, I <laughs> yes, Linda, hook into the Coronas now. I, uh, I noticed uh, Gary this week that I don't know if you saw in the news that Lion Nathan lost the ability to be able to vote um, at the sh at the Cooper shareholders meeting this week, which is um, good for South Australians. And uh, I, I'm not, not not keen to see Coopers um, disappear into someone else's hands. And I'm keen to see that all sort of go away and Glenn decide what he wants to do next year because it's part of my business makeup. Yeah, I, I think that is good. It's um, It would be great for Coopers to stay South Australian. Uh, they're certainly a big part of our state and um, and also for motorsport because I'm, I'm sure that um, whoever from Lion Nathan come and took over the reins would probably nowhere be as passionate as what Glenn Cooper is about motorsport. And um, 
and uh, and so that would be damaging to us, I think. Uh, yeah, let alone being passionate just about South Australia, and he's a the, the, the Coopers uh, uh, Brewery organisation is is very uh, charitable in in many many areas, way outside of motorsport. Yeah, absolutely, and um, uh, I've spoken to Glenn a few times, and and uh, it was just a real shame that the uh, Le Mans race that we had here. Yes, that was Cooper's sponsor. Yeah, they they put a million dollars into that, and. Um, um, with I think renewals and, and so forth, and um, which was absolutely fantastic, and, and just a real shame that that didn't keep going. Actually, I try to uh, not tell Glenn that I did a couple of years with Don Panos <laughs> for fear <laughs> that it, uh, upset him. for fear that it um, it, uh, it could go awry. <laughs> awry indeed. Well, um, walking down the street the other day, oh, I, uh, there was a bloke oh, that I, yes. ran, bloke, I ran into a bloke and. Um, and uh, and I said, hey, uh, hey, come and have a come and have a come and have a chat. And he went, oh, I've been listening to the radio show, and I thought, uh, well, that's a bit interesting. We better get him on the show. <laughs> Who was it? Vern Shupin, and he's even got a Mac.com account. He does. So he he's a he's a good bloke. So Vern, if you if you're listening, uh, we hope you are. We'll uh, definitely want to get you on the show and talk to you about uh, about your days at Le Mans when when you did win and what year did did, did Vern win? Oh, late seventies, wasn't it? Can I tell you about my brush with Vern? Please. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, I, um, uh, Vern was actually uh, part of the Le Mans race here in Adelaide. He was yes. uh, invited to race in the Pro-Am race. And uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough to be one of the instructors to train up the, the uh, amateurs. And so um, um, I hadn't actually met Vern at that stage. And we got to the race meeting and uh, all the cars are ready and, and we were all ready to go and... Uh, about to hit the track and um, one of the professionals um, which is David Brabham had decided that he needed to focus more on the Le Mans car and, and wasn't prepared to uh, drive the the, uh, the new Beetle in the Pro-Am race <clears throat> so of course as you can imagine the shit's hit the fan and there's a, there's a car with no professional driver to drive it so they're running around the pits saying you know who's got an international yeah, racing license um, and uh, you need to have it on you and we're ready to go well fortunately enough living at Dulwich I was right across the road and I <laughs> said look I'm your man and uh, and so my wife was there in 14 minutes with my driving suit helmet and license oh, and uh, and I think 15 minutes after that I was actually on the track and uh, Vern was uh, was one of the the other professional drivers and uh, absolute lovely bloke and, and uh, I have this fantastic photo of walking side by side with, with Vern with his Rothmans driving suit on. And, oh. uh, like, it's just priceless. Absolutely it priceless. Uh, yeah, lovely bloke. Yes, he, he, is, he is a lovely bloke. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having that, that chat with him. And uh, Well, when we've teed him up, Gary, we'll let you know and you can drop the photo off and we'll get him to sign it Well, you can, Gary can come along <laughs> too. Yeah, and so they go like good, yeah. Yeah, we'll get something organised. Speaking of Brabham, I think he's in a little bit of hot water. Uh-oh. Because he's down here in Australia. He's yes, been he away is. from Lisa for a couple of weeks, and, uh, and, and, and Lisa is spending uh, uh, a bit of time working on the new uh, clothing uh, stuff back there. I in. thought he was uh, sabbatical well, in, uh, he went, in the well, wilds of New South Wales. He was. He, he went up to Mount Buller and chilled out up there, but he was down here to do the couple of uh, rounds between Simmons Plains and, and then... Um, and where the last one, Phillip Island. <laughs> yeah. But I was just going through auto fiction today, and, and there's a 
nice shot of all these pretty girls. Oh, but yeah. look who's sitting in behind the girls there. It's none other than David no, Brabham. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, he's having a very good look. <laughs> so, so, no, we don't want to get Brabs in trouble, but no, uh, no, he's definitely in there and no one's really I think he's us. already in trouble. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be in trouble if... Um, uh, if uh, if Alan Simonson does get the gig for the Aston Martin drive, now we uh, he had the call up and went over to, to Denmark uh, to, to to see the guys there and Jack Nellerman, and uh, had another call just on the weekend, rang me up, busting my balls on Sunday. Sunday, ah, Johnny. Wanted a CV. Yeah, can you uh, can you put a can you put a CV together for me? So um, I've had to put a, a a huge CV together for 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 Alan, like to go off to Aston Martin, you know, within one day's notice and. We got it and got it out the door, and they did get it, and they went, impressive CV, we're going to be in touch. Well, that's good to hear. So, so my proofreading skills came to the fore again. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, you know, my bum had barely uh, touched the touched the chair, you know, like to have a glass of wine in the evening. And I get a phone call from uh, from Marcus uh, Zakanovic. He goes, oh, mate, I've got a call up to do some uh, some test driving somewhere. We, we can't uh, tell you at this moment, viewers, but uh, there will be uh, seven uh, test drivers, uh, including Marcus and... Uh, Damien wife going off, white wife, <laughs> white <laughs> going off, off, off to test a uh, some supercars uh, this Friday, and um, uh, he said my, my CV's not up to scratch. I thought, what is it, bloody CV day? So he's on my he's on my board. So it's been CV week basically, CV week for uh, Hot Lab and uh, proofreading for JP. Putting together for uh, Johnny. Oh, there you go. It's just uh, showing Gary. It was it was very uh, it was very interesting what to about the uh, to, to, to take the brackets. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell everybody about the brackets. Well, the brackets he went the the uh, when when we're putting something in brackets. I think he was going the the what did he call uh, the, the shapes around it, <laughs> and, and 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 the telesized text was the stuff that's leaning over. That's right, <laughs> lying down. Lying that's down. Right. The lying down text. Uh, anyway, so yeah. it's um. Oh well. Hey, this is pretty good. Um, you'll be doing mine after this, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, mate, I thought you had a PA in Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but that this good. <laughs> so don't you love the uh, don't you love the mate the one and only like quote? It's easy to put a few words on paper, but I'd rather you tell you myself. Call me Tom Christensen, eight, yeah. seven times winner of Le Mans. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Danes stick together, but he does have a very impressive CV. Yeah, no, it certainly is. Okay. What uh, oh, we've got to get That's someone on the phone. I have got to get someone on the phone, but while I do that, uh, mate, there must be something you can blab on about. Oh, I know what I wanted to blab on about. Oh, well, the dogs. Oh, yeah, of course. Rust. Rust isn't happy at the moment. I have to tell you, viewers. Keep that very She's very upset. Johnny's had a bit of, uh, bit of company over the last you know, couple of days, and uh, the dogs is not impressed, so I think we should just leave it at that. I think so. And I'll go on to what I was originally going to talk about before I suddenly remembered that little gem. Give me that. Which was um, that uh, when we were talking about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago about the second tier uh, Honda Formula One team... Um, coming onto the blocks uh, apparently according to the latest news that deal hasn't actually been done uh, they were supposed to apply for uh, licenses and all the rest of the stuff by I think it was last Friday um, they're still in with a chance 
to uh, get racing in 2006, but there's a lot of complaints from the other Formula One teams on the basis that only the top team, uh, the top ten teams, get money, um, and they're worried that uh, getting another second-tier Honda team in uh, in the higher echelons uh, will deny yet another bottom-rung team uh, the same uh, money in the same manner that caused um, Stoddard to move away from um, the Minardi team. There we go, got it right. And uh, is the phone ringing? The phone is, the phone has rung and we've got James Brock on the line. Welcome James to the uh, Radio Hot Lap Show. Thank you guys. Uh, Hi with James. Us. Hey, how you going mate? It's JP and we've got Gary Baxter. G'day hey, Gary, James. how are you guys? Good. He promised he's not going to rub in the fact that he was uh, in front of you in the Holdens. <laughs> Actually, James gave me a, uh, a real hurry up and a bit of awakening at Indy. He drove very well there. Yeah, we did actually have a pretty good race there. It was a good one. We even managed not to run into each other, which is always nice. Yeah, absolutely. No, you, you gave me plenty of room, and, and I hope I, hopefully I gave you plenty back. Absolutely, mate. No, it was, it was a pleasure. It was most enjoyable. Well, mate, you're on a bit of a roll towards uh, towards the, the, the final uh, part of the season with a with a podium finish up there at Indy, and that's a damn good place to do that, especially with a new sponsor on board. Um, and then you came away with a win down in um, down in uh, Simmons Plains. Yeah, mate, it was a bit of a pity it just took so long to get fired up, but yeah, look, most definitely it was just um, I really didn't get my head around it till till later on in the year. Just um, didn't drive very well early on. Maybe a few bit too much going on on the uh, on the preparation side of stuff. You know, we're looking after a few cars and what have you. But whatever the you know whatever the reason is, it just it ended up that way. But um, hopefully, uh, I can continue on can continue on the form into, into next season. So, uh, mate, uh, what's in in store for next year? Uh, not a hundred percent sure yet. Just still uh, still um, trying to work it all out as per usual at this time of year. Just uh, but look, we're definitely uh, planning on running uh, one car for myself again in the next season. Um, whether or not we'll take on any um, customer cars, uh, maybe, possibly, I'm not sure. And Matty O'Grady, is he uh, going to be staying with you or for another uh, season? Look, I, I believe the intention is at this stage, but who knows, you know, it's always it's always difficult. Um, you know, you never know really until you turn up at the first race what's going to happen. It's uh, it's just one of the hardest sort of games to um, um, get, get sorted and tucked away this early, so usually it's a last minute thing, but look, I hope so, you know, it's been a great pleasure working with those guys uh, all year, you know, they're a really nice family, good bunch of guys, and uh, Matty's a good steerer, so uh, hopefully we can keep them on board. Uh, away from the racetrack, uh, what's happening with uh, your engineering business? Uh, mate, we're just, uh, we're in the process of, uh, I suppose, a bit of a, a rehash of what we've been doing, we're basically the business has been based around um, racing and, uh, you know, earning money through preparing race cars for other people and what have you. We're looking at sort of expanding to do more road cars, um, you know, hotting up road cars, bits and pieces, um, anything really. I'm probably going to do a little bit more fabrication work. I've, I've done a lot in the past, but really over the past couple of years I've just concentrated purely on the racing stuff and um, we're just looking to do more of that stuff for the general public. A bit of servicing of road cars, you know, things like that. I don't think a lot of people really realise that you spent a bit of time over in the UK working with Triple Eight. Yeah, I did. I spent a season with Triple Eight uh, in the, when they were running uh, Vauxhalls in the uh, British Touring Car Championship. Um, yeah, done bits and pieces uh, in a few places actually. It was a, it was a good, great experience over there, mate. I'll tell you one thing: they definitely showed me how to spend money. <laughs> they uh, they are professionals at it, absolutely. Um, 
I actually didn't hear much of that, James. We're, we're struggling with this. Um, we're, we're trying to get three ears around the phone, but um, <laughs> right, okay. no, it's so, just that he's, not, to- he's, he's, like, he's just not talking real loud. <laughs> <laughs> Also, this is a professional outfit, guys. What's going on? No, it is. The food is great. <laughs> <laughs> professional food and be a low-budget audio. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> so, uh, so James, uh, you're definitely going to be in the Utes next year. Yes, mate, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, I, I think it is. Uh, I think this year or next year, sorry, we we need to um, have a couple of Holdens at the top, not uh, not the, the other brand. I wholeheartedly agree, Gary. And I think we're just the men to do it. Personally. Yeah, no, look, that's that's fantastic, and I, I really, honestly, do hope you come second. Uh, <laughs> Again, look, I was just thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> Wait, has Pete been giving you much trouble? Uh, which Pete are we talking about? Peter yeah, PB. Brock, one Peter Brock. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, no. Gi- giving you a bit. Of, can't I get that done? Did you uh, get any? Uh, fr- no, not at all. Actually, my life has been uh, quite um, quite pleasant. Actually, I've been to deal with him for quite a long time. But he's not been off swanning around, having a nice time. Swanning around, doing whatever he does. Driving yellow elephants. Yeah, quite possibly. I have no idea. But no, he's. Uh, left me alone for uh, for quite a while now which is uh, it, look I, I must say it just makes my life a whole lot easier <laughs> I can imagine that uh, James Moffat would be thinking exactly the same thoughts yeah absolutely absolutely right it's, uh, just... yeah it's one of those things like you know obviously he was uh, he was part owner of the, of the race team with me um, that's no longer the case he's, he's now left which is um, which I'm sort of happy about it lets me sort of press on and do things the way I want to do father and son combinations are always difficult I think in business um, and oh anything any situation actually I've found but um, yeah no it's just it's just one of those things he's uh, he's pressing on doing uh, his, his stuff whatever that may be and it's allowed me to uh, now press on and uh, do things the way I want to do which is um, hopefully which means we can sort of move onwards and upwards from where we've been in the past couple of years Mate, uh, you, you're quite right about that father and son combination. I, I met uh, Alan Grice's son up at uh, Surfers, and I just—he's he, a very nice bloke. I wouldn't have recognised him from the yeah, outline. Yeah. Maybe he's learnt from his father's mistakes. Who knows? I think the—I uh, think the the, the 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 comment of the year was at was at Wakefield Park, where uh, Grice decided to pull out. Um, citing an ear infection and putting uh, uh, James Small in the car. Uh, Craig Denyer looked at him and said, it's not fatal, is it? <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. Oh, God, how are some of the comments made at the end of the presentation? That was quite funny. Did you hear any of that? <laughs> Mate, I had to put them all together. Oh, you put them all together. That, Mate, some of those were full on. I couldn't believe some of the statements coming out of Yeah, I know. I, I actually was going to. You, you can't say that, but there was some... Some, some pressure to be slightly political, I think, coming yeah, from some yeah. shorter so people I, I than me. I particularly like the one, uh, the envelope with 40 cents for a Gricey so he could go and ring someone who cares about him retiring. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, mate, let me tell you, I can send you a full copy of that presentation if you like. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, James, well, thanks for talking, mate. Um, have a great Christmas. No worries. And, uh, mate, look forward to catching up with you as soon as we do. We will indeed. I shall speak soon. Have a good Christmas, guys. Okay, buddy. Thanks, James. See you, James. Bye. Well, that was good. It was a bit quiet today. Mm. <laughs> Very quiet. But there you go. We can uh, hopefully, even though we don't edit, we might just be able to amp up the uh, the audio from the phone there. Well, we're, well the pork's just about gone. Yep. Yeah.
You know, the, the, the beers are going down. and we're The beers just... are actually empty, but that's okay because, as you know, we've got uh, 0.08 now in, uh, in South Australia. And point, anything over 0.08 is immediate loss of licence. None of this uh, waiting chop, chop. six months to go to court. <laughs> so you're, uh, nah, by the time you go to court, you got it back. <laughs> wow, yeah. that is a good point, actually. <laughs> so uh, next week uh, we'll be doing our Christmas show with on, on video. Christmas special on video. So next next week we will be doing a video podcast. International Paulie will be uh, flying out from the UK, I think, tomorrow to As join us. As a special guest. Uh, I think he arrives in uh, Adelaide on Sunday. So uh, we'll be seeing him on, on Wednesday. we had a word with immigration to see if they can stall him. But, you know, not to no avail. His lovely girlfriend, Jennifer, will be coming out. She will indeed. And I think we're all going to have a bit of a bit of a, a barbecue do next week. Yep, so it should be a, a big night. Well, we look forward to, to Paul coming out and hopefully he won't try and take over the show like he usually does with everything else. And <laughs> you, can you say that? Because <laughs> we written, know he'll be listening. It's written down Did here. Did you hear that, Paul? You can't take over. <laughs> what do you do all day? <laughs> and, uh, well, we should thank Gary for uh, coming along and uh, lending us all of that Absolutely. knowledge that he's... Uh, no, it's, it, it's an absolute pleasure, and, and uh, I don't need to buy tea now, so I'm already ahead. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> we actually give money away after this as well. <laughs> do, you, do you want a beer to take with you as well? Yeah, got a roadie. <laughs> well, there's another six-pack. He's not leaving. He's only got to go around the corner. Well, uh, anything else, mate, do you want to add before? Um, another yeah, what about next year for you? I mean, yeah. we've asked everybody else. We... Yeah, well, um, yeah, I guess, uh, have we got time? Yeah, okay. it's limitless. Limitless, okay. <laughs> I'm going to the fridge. <laughs> Good idea. Well, while you're there. Um, yeah, well, uh, well, next year we're certainly doing the Utes, and uh, Sage Automation have uh, already indicated to us that they want to be bigger and better than they were uh, this year. Uh, higher profile, um, and I hope that means more money, even though, really, honestly, we don't need any more money. They give us plenty, and we, we don't go without anything. So. Sorry, you're not allowed to say that they give you plenty. You always need more. Was that the wrong thing? Oh, right. could they, be. Could they be listening? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they do. They, they, they certainly look after us. Fantastic. And, and whatever we want, we get, um, which is great. So, um, um, But uh, I'll tell you what, I, I've, I've, I've just got a bit, of a, a bit of a taste for this sprint car thing. Ooh. A bit of a taste, and... Um, um, as much as it, uh, as I explained to you earlier before we yeah. went on air, it's it's a bit like um, uh, putting 750 horsepower, putting a rocket in the homemade spaceship. But it's um, it's certainly very exhilarating to drive, and um, uh, it won't be the last time I drive one in the, in the next few months. Wandering off the Warnham ball. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'm 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 really going to try and um, get a few more drives in in them, and. Um, Wade Ollinger, who runs the World Sprint Car Series, has um, said that he can get me a car. No, I shouldn't be even be talking about this because... Um, you could get no, But it was just one of the best cars. I've driven, I've driven uh, lots of cars, V8 supercars, Ford, Holden. I've driven uh, Formula Holden, Formula Ford, and, uh, and vast amounts of other types of vehicles, but... Uh, Nothing has come close to uh, driving a sprint car. Um, just total exhilaration. It, it's, it's just unbelievable to, to be able to get into something. I, I, I raced Commodore Cup in, in um, 95, 96 and 97 and um, obviously was a front runner there. And um, I jumped in one of Larry Perkins's supercars at uh, Phillip Island. Within three laps, I was on the radio saying this needs more power. <laughs> and... Um, uh, but I can tell you what, 
after 15 laps in the sprint car that that thought never entered my mind but, but uh, yeah it's an absolutely fantastic experience and I, I tell you what it's uh, if uh, anyone out there could ever get a chance to ride in that twin seater that uh, gets around, yeah, I've I, seen that. I tell you what, be pretty amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be in it. Anybody who wants to offer uh, <laughs> offer radio hot lap a ride in it will be there. <laughs> well, we'll do a radio show, and uh, without a doubt, uh, uh, International Paulie will be going. See, I told you that Sprint Car is the greatest show on earth. Well, That's right. next week you'll be able to tell us more about that, Paul, uh, because uh, uh, Paul's sister. Um, Disbury is part of the Disbury Family Darren. Racing, which run Jason Johnson. That's right. And so, the Man of Steel. Nick, <laughs> the Man of Steel. And it's a, it's a good looking bit of um, communication that they it send is. out, send out yes. to me, unsolicited, naturally. Yeah, and to me, unsolicited. Too. <laughs> we must be on somebody's mailing list. <laughs> UK Paulist. Oh, Raul, you're off. Yep. Thanks for today. Yeah, thanks, cool. Raul. Thanks for all your techie. Uh, Have another insights. bit of pop before you go. No, yeah. he's, he's done it. All right. Well, I think that just, see you, mate. I think that just about wraps it up. Just about wraps it up, yep. I'm all all done. Gary, unless you've got anything else to say, we'll sign it off. Yep, no, and thanks for having me along. Thanks for coming, and and once again, uh, thanks for listening to Radio Hot Lap. Uh, Check out uh, Gary's um, track school school at uh, au. Uh, find out all about what's going on with Adobe and Macromedia at adobe.com slash pacific, I think, for the local area. Um, oh, I forgot to. I did forget one thing to say was that um, uh, in two weeks' time we'll be doing a show up oh, at si- Sydney. Sydney at uh, Linda Long's place, uh, and Rick Shaw will be coming along. Uh, Rick is a, a very well-known and uh, successful punter of, of RX7s and rotaries in particular. Good job. Very good old mate of mine. And he's a side talker. He is a oh, side a talker, side and he'll take the Mickey out of John's nose incessantly. But we won't worry about that right now. Well, just like you're doing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And uh, we'll be catching up with him because uh, it looks like uh, you know, I'm going to be in a, in a team at Target Tasmania with uh, with Barry Morecambe in his Evo 8 and, and Rick in the RX7. Well, so, we didn't actually mention Barry. No, but Barry's a good bloke, but we'll be talking to talking to him a little bit more. Barry did came fifth at Philip at, uh, at, at, at PI a couple of weeks ago in the final round of the uh, Australian Performance Car Championship, and I think with this new CAM series, the Utes and the Performance Cars are probably going to be um, sure. ending up making love to each other at, at several mm-hmm. events. Yeah, well, <coughs> well, um, yep, yeah, I guess that's probably a good thing, particularly for them, uh, as long as we're the uh, main attraction, that's that's okay. Um, actually, I want to just congratulate Steve Cramp for doing a, a great job down at, um, I think it was Tassie, where he, he did, won the round down there. Um, he, I didn't actually find out. You can always tell when Steve's done a, had, had a good weekend because he, he, he's walking around a lot. He walks around pit lane a lot. When he's having a bad weekend, he'll hide. Is that right? Yeah. yeah well, but you, no, you heard it first on Radio Hot Lap. <laughs> No, congratulations to Crampy. You did a good job down there. No, he did. And I saw that on TV, and he was given a lot, a lot of, 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 of TV time. And there was lots of yeah nos that motorsport people do. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. They're, they're always no. going, "Oh, you Scafie, you won Bathurst, but you can't do Bathurst." Is it a motorsport thing? The old yeah no? No, I don't think it is. I, I think everyone. I, <laughs> I, I really try hard not to do it because I know I do it as well. I try hard not to do it, but yeah. I know I do. Oh, it. I yeah. think everyone does it. It's an Australian thing. That's so for that guy in Greenland, practice your yeah nos. 
Because we'll be over that way soon. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So, right. ne- next week, Christmas show, a week after the 21st, Sydney with Rick Shaw and uh, Linda Long, the, the uh, Warwick Rooklands co-driver. Um, week after that, I'm not quite sure what we're doing, but we'll definitely be doing a show. Then we'll be back here for one um, with Before you. Before you go with, OS. Yep, and then we'll be doing a show in uh, at, in Tokyo with uh, some of the motor people from in Drift. Following a few days later with Paul Ryan back at NEC Birmingham at Autosport International, and then at some bar in Austria with Simonson after the after the <laughs> or ski. halfway up a mountain or something. Yeah, <laughs> and, then and I... don't forget to check out uh, RadioHotLap.com, uh, the new look website, all nicely revamped. Downloadable MP3s now for you PC users. That's right. Please, uh, please tell us what you think um, and uh, subscribe. Cast your vote at Podcast Alley at uh, Radio Hotlap. Absolutely. That's about it from me. And cheers, everybody. It's been a great show. Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers. Good night. Good night, Russ.